millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is an RNZ podcast. Kia ora and a big welcome to Elemental. I'm Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology. And I'm Alison Balance. In this RNZ podcast, we are making our way around the world of the chemical elements. We're doing it in 96 episodes rather than in 80 days. And we've already visited America and Europe. France we went to twice with francium and gallium. And now in episode 31, we're in Germany. So what's the story with germanium? Well, germanium, very, very important to do with things in our current day world. So really, germanium kick-started the world of electrical semiconductors and transistors. So that all started in the late 1940s and went through to about the early 1970s before it was knocked off its perch by silicon. Ah, Vital stats, please. Okay, germanium, obviously the name coming from Germania, and that's the Latin name for Germany. Chemical symbol GE, atomic number 32, which kind of puts it a little bit to the right-hand side of the periodic table and about halfway down. And it's not a metal, and it's not a non-metal, it's a metalloid. So why does its name end in IUM? <laughs> it's just one of those things? Yes, yes, it's it's one of the rule breakers, I guess. There are many exceptions to this rule, <laughs> but there's helium, for example, selenium, tellurium, a lot of elements, or a few elements anyway, that end in IUM but are not metals themselves. The history of germanium, very, very interesting. It was one of the elements that was predicted by Mendeleev, just like gallium, which we talked about a few episodes ago. Mendeleev predicted that there had to be an element, an unknown element, sitting between silicon and tin in group 14 of the periodic table. And remember, this was in 1869. And germanium, this new element, was discovered in 1886. And again, to show the genius of Mendeleev, it had all the predicted properties that Mendeleev said that it would have. So this was one of the elements that really confirmed the predictive properties uh, of Mendeleev's periodic table. Go that man. He was good, wasn't he? <laughs> he, was a, he really was. He was a, a, a genius. The more I go through all this stuff, the higher and higher regard I hold him, and he really was fantastic. Now, germanium, where do we find it? You generally find it in with zinc ores, and the primary zinc ore is a thing called sphalerite, which is a, a zinc sulphide material. You said it had a role as a semiconductor. Can you tell me a bit more about that, please? Well, I can certainly try. This is more sort of the uh, physics side of things. But a semiconductor is essentially a material that doesn't really conduct very well, so it's got intrinsically low conductivity. But then you can alter that conductivity by doing a number of things. The first is increasing the temperature, and that increases the conductivity of the material. And what you can also do is put small amounts of other elements into there, and we call this doping. So you can dope your semiconductor material with other elements 
And again, that leads to an increase in conductivity. And germanium was such a big deal in the 1940s because it was used in the first transistor. And that was in 1947. And that won its inventors a Nobel Prize in physics in 1956. So transistors really revolutionized the whole field of electronics and was used, as I said before, right up until sort of the 60s, 70s, primarily because it was pretty cheap and you didn't have to refine it that much. It didn't have to be all that pure in order to be used in transistors. However, it has been superseded by silicon because people figured out ways to make super pure silicon. So that's really, really overtaken germanium now and it's uh, not used really anymore in those sorts of fields. Well, all I can say is thank goodness for transistors because it did certainly a while ago give us things like cheap radios, calculators, computers, all those really useful things. But yep. So thank you, germanium, for starting that. But now that it's been <laughs> superseded by silicon, where does that leave germanium? Is it still useful for us? Well, I guess, <laughs> I guess like all of the other elements on the periodic table, it's useful for at least one thing. <laughs> so now we find germanium used particularly in optical fibres, so the stuff that brings your internet to your door. It's used as catalysts for polymerization reactions. So this is in making plastics, things like that. So we need catalysts to get those reactions going. So there are germanium catalysts out there that uh, do this trick. And quite interestingly, it's used in infrared detectors because it is transparent to infrared light. And so therefore, it's used in infrared night vision goggles, for example. And uh, germanium dioxide, the oxide of germanium, is also very, very interesting because it's got a very, very high refractive index and a low dispersion. Do I need to explain? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, so the refractive index is all to do with the speed of light in a particular material. And dispersion is all to do with the speed of light of different colours of light in a particular material. And so if something's got a high refractive index and low dispersion, then it's going to be very, very useful in things like wide-angle camera lenses, microscope objective lenses, so you get nice, clear images from those sorts of materials. And so these lens-type uh, applications are the major use of the element at the moment. Oh, I had no idea. Give me an interesting <laughs> fact about germanium. Have I not given you any interesting facts Just so come far? on, give me more. <laughs> <laughs> germanium dioxide, as I said before, so... They're used in catalysts for polymerization, but particularly for the production of polyethylene terephthalate, or you may have heard of this as PET or PET. Oh, they're really common drink bottles, aren't they? Yes, indeed. So this isn't used in the US for various reasons, but very, very popular in Japan because using these types of catalysts, you get beautiful blue plastic colours out of this. And so very, very big in Japan, these particular bottles. And another nice, interesting fact for those of you who like words... So there's a compound GEH4, which we might call germanium tetrahydride, if we were being absolutely correct, but its trivial name is germane, which I quite like. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> now that brings us to some information that is very germane to the <laughs> Elemental Podcast. You can find this episode on germanium and the preceding 30 episodes online at rnz.co.nz slash chemistry. If you listen to us as a podcast, then it's more germane for you to know that you can subscribe to us for free on your usual app. We're back next time with a very well-known element, gold. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Alison Ballance. And me, Alan Blackman. We'll catch you next time.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 